And the winner for Best Audio Design of 2023 goes to Kirk Hamilton for that time he binged in to fix his own mistake. Wow, what an honor. Well, first, I want to welcome you to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. And I want to thank my co-hosts, since on this episode, we'll be talking about the Game Awards and making some predictions for who we think will win on Gaming's Biggest Night. I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Jason Schreier. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Welcome back for Gaming's Biggest Night. (laughs) Oh boy. Gaming's biggest day? Gaming's Leading biggest. Leading into gaming's biggest night. If you're listening to this later, sorry, but it is gaming's biggest day slash night. It already happened. The biggest night. It's You're on the downslope. It's all downhill for you now because you've experienced gaming's biggest night. <laughs> right. Mm. And now we're just mm. climbing back up the hill again to the next gaming's biggest night, which will right. be on a Thursday in December 2024. But... We don't even think about that right now. Right now we're thinking about Each night is subsequently bigger, I guess. It's always the biggest night. So we are climbing up again. It's always going to be bigger. Huh. That's a way to think about it. A bigness inflation going on. It's growth, man. It's capitalism. I was sort of suggesting they were all the same level of bigness, but you're right. (laughs) Capitalism dictates that gaming's biggest night has to keep getting bigger It just keeps growing. Yeah. If if gaming's (laughs) biggest night doesn't grow 10% year over year, shareholders are not going to be happy. There's going to be some layoffs. That's going to be a real problem. Uh Uh Speaking of capitalism, uh, we're a... (laughs) We're a listener-supported show. Oh, boy. Uh, and you should support us at uh, MaximumFun.org slash join. You become a member. You support our show. We love all of you who support us. And to show you that, we make bonus episodes that you can listen to. The latest one is on Spider-Man 2. We've got some cool ones coming up that we've got planned. Next year, we're going to do Triple Cook, as we have been <laughs> teasing at the yeah, beginning of episodes definite. recently. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> um, anyways, MaximumFun.org slash join. Become a member. Support something good. It'll make you feel good, and it'll help us keep making this show. All right. Let's get into it. Jason, what are we talking about this week? We are, of course, talking about gaming's biggest night. Thank so, you. okay. That's true. So, people who might have been kind of paying attention uh, to our annual predictions game this year might have noticed that there is a legitimate scenario in which all three of us tie in January. Now, we won't get into specifics, and of course, there's still a few weeks left in the year, but that is a possibility. And the three of us said, you know, if we tie, we're not going <laughs> to play all three, play three games. games. That would be a little And we're nutty. not even doing a two-way tie again. It's too many. We're just going to have one win. No, we I decided really against it. So yeah. we decided we are going to come up with a tiebreaker. And that tiebreaker will be a predictions game for gaming's <laughs> biggest night. Yeah. This isn't complicated at all. This is so easy. We're just adding on additional predictions on top of the predictions you already have to know about. You snark, but this is actually pretty simple. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. This part is, yeah. Whoever wins the most predictions uh, uh, from Gaming's Biggest Night for the Game Awards 2023 wins the tiebreaker. This will only apply if there's an either two-way or three-way tie in the actual predictions game. Yeah, it's not a secret extra point. Right? No, it's, it's nice and simple. It is simply numbers. Simple. It is Let's, just uh, yes or no for each of these. There's correct. no arguing. There's no debating. We will just have one person who has the point yep. for a tiebreaker. Yes, unless we somehow all get the same number of categories correct. We can't talk case, about that. We'll, we can't acknowledge then that Then we'll reality. like roll a die. We really will roll a yes. dice. 
So, okay, yeah. so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through each category. And one of the reasons that I really like this as a game is that it actually sets, it, it makes it so we care about, like, who wins each <laughs> oh, category yeah. this year, when usually yeah. you're just like, okay, whatever, like, Zelda won. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to go through one by one. We're going to go through in the order that the Game Awards listed. There are 31 categories. And we're going to pick them all, whether or not we actually know anything <laughs> yes. about the category go. at all. So let's <laughs> yep. get into it. And along the way, as we're going through each of these, we can kind of talk about any steps we think uh, are, are in the play in the picture or like if there's anything that we think should not be on there or whatever else so let's get to it can we just say preliminarily this is such a stacked year for video games I think this is maybe the first year that I've looked at the game of the year lineup which is our first entry here and I've not only played but enjoyed every single entry on here like that's, that's so rare I mean I, I don't exciting. know how, how you two feel about it but in looking at the game awards nominees usually I got at least a couple that I'm like why is that here in the overall mm. list? But this year I was kind of like, all right, there's a lot of good video games this year. And the Game Awards list is a way of tracking that. It's a way of observing that, even if I don't always agree with the winner. Yeah. So let's list that list you're talking yeah. about. So number one, category one is Game of the Year. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah, any snubs you guys think are on here before we pick our, we each make our picks? Yeah, I think my only issue with this is uh, one that I've seen voiced elsewhere, which is that there is a remake on this list, and mm. I'm not sure how I feel about Resident Evil 4 Remake being on here. What about the Dead Space remake, though? Would you want that on here? No, I mean, think the, same reason? No, but it's not. But yeah, same reason. I mean, Cyberpunk uh, Phantom Liberty was so good. And given the game of the year tends to go to the glitzy things, like there are definitely smaller games that I played that I liked more than several of the games on here. Mm-hmm. But I really liked Phantom Liberty. I think it was fantastic. And Resident Evil 4 is just kind of, I mean, it's a really old game. I know they remade it, but I don't know. So I think I would maybe swap those out. Yeah, I don't know if DLC would qualify for this the way that Phantom Liberty... Mm. Like Phantom Liberty is an expansion. I don't know if it qualifies as a game. I would say that it qualifies more than a remake than of a, a 2004 remake. game. Yeah, um, and, you fair. know, again, I'm sort of making the list. If it were my list, I would definitely put it on there. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I should say, um, as we're picking these, we are, of course, we're picking what we think is going to win, not yeah. necessarily not our picks. So that's an important, an important thing to say up front. Okay. Everybody yeah. give your picks. Kirk, what's your pick for Game of the Year? Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. Maddie. I'm going Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Zelda, okay, we already got our first dispute here. I am also going with Baldur's Gate 3. I actually, I feel like Zelda has kind of lost momentum. You think, you think the recency bias is going to play a role too I there, do. maybe? And I think if I were making my personal pick, it would be Zelda, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 has just got the momentum, and it also feels more original than Yeah, Zelda. when you look at the games everyone talked about all year, I don't know, it's hard to argue with Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I love Tears so. of the Kingdom, but Baldur's Gate 3 is unstoppable, in my opinion. All right, the next category is we'll best... See. Game direction, which is kind of a weird category, very strange category. It's not a lot of these categories. It's not actually clear. I imagine everybody who's voting has totally different ideas of what this actually means. Regardless, the entries are the pretty much the same as Game of the Year: Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Spider-Man Two, Mario Wonder, and Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) Everything. No Resident Evil Four. Because fuck (laughs) that game direction. I guess (laughs) so poorly. Just kidding. I don't know. Very strange. (laughs) Very strange. What do you guys think wins this one? Uh, this is tough because I I feel like if I wanted to pick my 
Maddie Myers pick, it would be Alan Wake too, because I feel like it's so strongly directed, but I don't know if the average voter, which includes fans, not just, just critics, it includes a a whole bunch of different people. There's a fan vote that plays a role. I I think maybe the average person would pick Baldur's Gate three. I guess I'll go with that. This is a tough one. What are you going to say, Kirk? Uh, My pick is Alan Wake two, because I think that people vote based on like the idea of a (laughs) singular director, director. like the way the Kojima, it's like Kojima syndrome for this award. And since uh, Sam Lake is so present in the game and was so present in the game sort of marketing, it is just Mm -hmm. such a clear influence on it. I just just feel like Alan Wake two plus, I mean, it is a really well directed game insofar as that's a thing. Jason, what about you? My pick is also Alan Wake 2. I actually think uh, since it's 90, so the the way the voting works is 90% critic vote and 10% (laughs) fan vote. And I think critics loved Alan Wake 2 and will want to refer it as a dark horse. And since it won't win Game of the Year, I think this is the the game the okay. award it'll get. But it's nominated for a lot of other awards, which we're about to get to. So yeah, let's get let's into it. Um, best narrative: Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Here's Final Cyberpunk. Fantasy 16, Spider-Man 2. It's interesting to see Final Fantasy 16 there. Not going to vote for it. Just saying it's interesting to see it there. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe not yeah, the category right. I would have put it in. All right, Maddie, what's your pick? Ah, oh, God, I got to do Baldur's Gate 3 for this. I'd be crazy okay. not to. Come on. That's what everybody's going to vote for, right? Even if I think it's Alan Wake 2 here as well. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I think. Yeah, I think I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win. Best narrative, in, yeah. for me at least. I also think it is the best narrative of the year. I think even people who don't play it would click that. Because they're like, it's got narrative in it, right? It's Baldur's yeah, Gate 3. <laughs> I am with you guys. I think yep. Baldur's Gate 3. And I actually think that's the most deserving um, as well, in my Agreed. opinion. All right, let's keep going. Uh, best Art Direction, Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm going to do Alan Wake 2 for this because I feel bad that I haven't said I- it yet. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and I think maybe the people will come out for Alan, you know? Maybe for this category. They'll be like, that game's artsy. <laughs> I think this is where Zelda takes it. Uh mm. I think Zelda is going to uh win the crown here. Nice. Well I picked Hi Fi Rush for this one. I think that's oh, really? another strong contender. Huh. Yeah, because it's not really nominated for other stuff, but is a really well liked game from earlier in the year. I really like this game. It's actually it's kind of battling it out to make it onto my top 10 list. And it does have very cool art and very, like, arty art. You know, it looks, like, very illustrated. And I would think maybe that one over Zelda. I agree, Jason, that Zelda has a good shot. And I agree, Maddie, Alan Wake does. Those are the three strongest contenders. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's Zelda just like looks me. so much like Breath of the Wild that it's kind yeah, that's of, why I think for it's art, right it's out. a little like, oh, right. well, it looks like a game that already came out. I, I think you might be right, although I think Hi-Fi Rush, Hi-Fi Rush was nominated for one that I'm going to vote on later, but we'll, we'll get into that. Mm. Um, let's keep going. Best score and music. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, Legend of Zelda's Tears of the Kingdom. Maddie, you're up. Uh, this is tough, because I feel like if enough people played Alan Wake 2, they'd say Alan Wake 2 for this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, show me the champion because, of light. And the old guards of Asgard are playing at the Game of Awards. So I, I'm kind of like, do maybe people know the songs from Alan Wake 2 at this point? <laughs> and that's going to take it. And I don't, I haven't played Hi-Fi Rush. I know it's a big music game. But I feel like Alan Wake 2 has better music than some of these other games. No offense to them. I just really well, like the Alan Wake 2 music. Win? So what's your pick? I'm just saying Alan Wake 2. I don't know. Are you doing this live on the show? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Alan Wake 2. How do you say this? 
Okay, okay my pick is the game here that I did an entire episode of Strong Songs about, and that is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. which I believe does just like, not objectively, but it has by far it my favorite rule. music of the year. Because Hi-Fi Rush is like, um, uh, Jason, I see you're predicting the same thing. Yeah, Zelda is my pick too. I mean, the music in that game is is out. It's of completely control. I would out of be control. shocked if that game today. But it with. includes music from Breath of the Wild. I'm not saying that's fair, but I'm just kind of thinking of how no, human bias got, works. No, but like, well, having done a whole episode of Strong Songs about it, there's a crazy amount of new music in it, and it and it like I know repurposes music from Breath of the Wild in like all these brilliant ways. It's amazing. I think. I think I feel like this Game Awards. I suspect, even though I don't think it's going to win Game of the Year, I think a lot of people are going to leave it being like oh yeah Zelda was one of the best games ever made right. and that came out a few months ago because yeah, I don't think, I think people are talking well. about it quite as much anymore like you think it's gonna get a ton of other awards and then BG3 is gonna take the top yeah prize. well BG3 isn't BG3 isn't nominated like BG3 has great music but like it doesn't compare I know to, it's it is in Zelda this category and, though which is kind of interesting yeah no I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a it's great good. that Raphael well, there's song, the Raphael song. Oh, well that <laughs> hasn't gotten there yet but yeah <laughs> I don't know what okay. you're talking about, but I can't That's wait That's actually to similar to, to Champion of Light from right. Alan Wake, too. A similar moment in that game. That's good. Raphael deserves a music. All right, let's keep going. Best audio design. Alan Wake 2, Dead Space, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4. Hmm. I think I'm going to do Dead Space here. Okay. I'm going to do a weird pick. Because I, I will pick. say, I think Dead Space has amazing audio design. I think that many of these other games do, too. But I'm just kind of thinking, like, what... What will people vote right. for? And what will they be thinking themselves? Oh, Dead Space. I remember that. I liked that. Kirk, what's your pick? This is a tough one. I'm going to go with Alan Wake, too, because I think mm-hmm. that's what people would vote for. It does have amazing sounds, amazing. though, personally. I think the best audio design of the year was Spider-Man 2. I think the it's audio really design in that good. game is crazy. It's so good. Just uh, It's really amazing. But I just kind of think Alan Wake 2 is going to is gonna take it. Kirk, you and I have made a lot of similar picks. Alan Wake 2 was also my pick for this one. Wow, you did. You guys keep being the same pick. Because I just, I think this is Zelda's going to take though. music. I, I think that I think the way that they make up that the, the jury makes up for Zelda, uh, for Alan Wake 2 not winning Best Music right. is that it'll get audio design. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, this one uh, has a lot of strong contenders. Oh, Best Performance. Ben Starr, Final Fantasy 16, Cameron Monaghan, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba, Cyberpunk, Melanie Li- Liburd, Alan Wake 2, Neil Newbon, Baldur's Gate 3, Yuri Lowenthal, Spider-Man 2. Hmm. What's it going to be, Maddie? I feel like the people love Idris, and they're the gamers mm. are gonna want to give Idris an award just because you can't to get not. him up on stage. Like, get him <laughs> on stage! Like, come on, we all want that moment, right? Yeah, yeah that's a strong prediction. I think Neil Nebon is gonna get it. Um, I think Asterion is such an iconic character. So His performance good. is so incredible. And he's just been so present. Like all the voice actors on that game For have been sure. so present. But I've seen him a lot in particular. I actually didn't know who he was before this year also. And I'm now very aware of him. So I just feel like he had a breakout year. And it seems likely that he'll win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my pick. I had gone with Neil too, but I actually think that Ben Starr, because he carries all of Final Fantasy 16, is is going to win it. Mm. And I think he's also on social media a lot. I think he's raised his profile quite a lot this year. Um, I think people will will know that name a little bit more than Neil Nubon. It's possible to play all of Baldur's Gate 3 without even talking to Neil Nubon and, or hearing his voice. So I actually think Ben Starr in Final sure. Fantasy 16 is going to be He's really take good in FF16. He's, he's really fantastic. Good. A highlight of the game. 
All right, next up, innovation and accessibility. We have Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, Street Fighter 6. Let's switch up the order a little bit. I'll go first. I think Diablo 4 takes this one um, because that game has a lot of really interesting accessibility stuff and they've tried really hard to make it accessible to people. I'm going to do Street Fighter 6, which I think will probably also win Best Fighting Game this year. But it is such a good example of actually doing something that fighting games have been trying to do for a really long time with having simplified controls and the like classic controls. They've actually implemented that. And I've heard, it's only anecdotal, but I've heard from a lot of parents who play with their kids that it's actually really fun this time in ways mm. that are really revolutionary and just kind of also anecdotally hearing from friends who are like, yeah, I don't really like fighting games, but like, I feel like the accessibility mode in this game is great. They've also added a bunch of other stuff to the game that just makes it easier to hop into it and learn new characters. And I just, I know they've been trying for a really long time, but so is every fighting game and Street Fighter Six really did it. I, I think it's kind of an unsung champion of that, at least in the circles that we run in because fighting games is kind of its own island in certain ways, like you have to be into them <laughs> to be like talking about mm -hmm. which ones are accessible. But I feel like the people who like it will come out for it, including on the critic and fan side. So I think it has a chance in this category. Kirk, what's your pick? Uh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I agree, Jason, that Diablo 4 has a lot of really great accessibility. I think, I just think Spider-Man 2 might take it, it because Sony choice. has built this reputation um, for building in all these nice accessibility options. And there are a lot of great ones in that game. So yeah, anyway, that's what I think will win. All right, next up, Games for Impact. Um, a Space for the Unbound, Chance of Sonar, Goodbye Volcano High, Chia, Terranil, Venba. Kirk, what's your pick? Uh, I'm gonna pick Chia for this one. This is a game that I loved and didn't have much of a chance to talk about on the show, but Games for Impact is, you know, kind of the like social justice, mm -hmm. like progressive award that I, we've registered our gripes with before. Yeah. Um, Chia is a very cool game with kind of Breath of the Wild like systems, but it's also set on New Caledonia and is um, paints a cool cultural picture. And I think that fits with this sort of weird category. So I, that's what I'm gonna pick. Mm -hmm. Maddie, what's your pick? I'm gonna pick Venba, which I talked about as my one more thing last week, and I think super deserves this award and hopefully mm. a lot of people have played it and will agree with that yeah i don't i haven't played most of these but i feel like goodbye volcano high has the most name recognition for people so i think that's what I they're gonna pick because i imagine pick. most people will yeah. not have played most of these mm -hmm. who are cool. judging this um best ongoing apex legends cyberpunk 2077 final fantasy 14 <laughs> fortnite genshin impact here is where i think cyberpunk takes takes the crown that's my vote for this one Mm, I'm going to go Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, that's a great call, Jason, but I'm also going to go Fortnite because I just feel like Fortnite has been doing a lot of really cool stuff lately, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. though <laughs> it is impressive the way that CD Projekt has supported Cyberpunk. Yeah. Best community support, kind of a similar, well, not really similar, but best community support, yeah. Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, No Man's Sky. I am voting for Cyberpunk once again. I think that takes this one. I think that Baldur's Gate 3 takes this one Me because too. of the way that they've responded to fans. They've like added stuff to the game according to fan requests. And I know everybody's all these games have done that to some extent, but it's been pretty crazy how much Larian has done that. So mm -hmm. I think BG3. I agree. Next up, best indie game. Or sorry, best independent game, they're yeah, saying. Yeah, don't shorten it. <laughs> Not indie. Well, whatever this means. Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, Viewfinder, yes. 
Dave the Diver is, of course, not an indie game. No. But we'll yes, as we've established, it is extremely not an indie game, and it's very funny that it was nominated for this. Kirk, what's your pick? Um, you know, I think actually, I think that my pick is that is Dave the Diver. I think okay. that's wow. going to win, even though it shouldn't be nominated. I, or it should be nominated somewhere else, maybe. It's a really cool game. I like it, but I, I just think it's going to win. Maddie? I think I'm going to go Dredge here. Uh-huh. I think more people played that than Cocoon. Which I like better, personally. Yeah, that's it. I was mulling over between those two for this and the next one, and I'm going to go with Cocoon, just to switch things up from you, Maddie, even though I could have gone either way. Best debut indie game, Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. I'm going to stick with my Cocoon prediction. Maddie, are you going to stick with Dredge for this one? No, I think I'll go Venba. Venba, Okay. Um, I think Kirk. this is going to be Dredge. Dredge. I think the reason that okay. Dredge nice. won't win Best Indie Game it's is that it'll different. win Best Debut. And it is a great debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Star, is that what they're called? The studio that made Dredge? Black Salt. Good good on them. They did a great job. Best Mobile Game. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Honkai Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, Terra Nil. Um, I'm going to say Honkai Star Rail Same. because okay. I think that game is really okay. big. Yeah. And I don't really play any of these, but I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to win. Uh, sure. I, I think this one's a wash because <laughs> yeah, that's I my pick. Uh-oh, we all picked it. Well, yeah, that's a meaningless enough. category and we all win. Mm-hmm. Um, best VR slash AR. Oh, <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Humanity, Resident Evil Village VR mode, Synapse. Kirk. Yeah, so weird year because I didn't play any VR this year, even though I do like VR. Um, I didn't get the new PlayStation VR, so I didn't play Horizon Call of the Mountain, but I do think that that's what's going to win, just because I gather it's, you know, it's a it's a VR game. It's not breaking a lot of new ground, but that it's a pretty good one, so I think Horizon. I'm okay. going to do Humanity, because I've heard a lot okay. of buzz about it, and mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's in any other category. So the reason I'm going with Call of the Mountain, Horizon Call of the Mountain, is because uh, I think that most people who are voting on this do have not played any of these, and we'll just go with the one <laughs> yeah. that is like hori- yeah. that is Horizon. Sounded um, true. All right, here is where we start getting into a few genre categories, which is okay. really kind of a, a, a very dumb <laughs> thing, dicey. but we'll, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> um, best action game, Armored Core 6, Dead Island 2, Ghost Remember Runner that? 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Remnant 2. Here is where I think Hi-Fi Rush will make it stand. That's my prediction. Okay. Maddie, what about oh, you? I'm going to do Armored Core 6, which I played okay. for a little bit during Goaty Consideration and thought was really fun. Cool. Yep, I think Armored Core is going to get this one. I played cool. some as well. I haven't had time to get into it Same. because it's kind of a hump you have to get over. Oh, for but sure, yeah. people love this freaking game, and, and it's it, cool. I, I gather that it is incredible. So okay. I think okay. I think it'll win because it's the only thing it's nominated for. Best action adventure: Alan <laughs> oh, Wake Two, Spider Man <laughs> Two, Resident Evil Four, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. I just want to say, if you run a game award show and Tears of the Kingdom and Alan Wake Two are in the same genre category, you might want to rethink your categories. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty different. Yeah. <laughs> um, my pick, by the way, is, is Zelda. <laughs> you think Zelda? I think Spider-Man is actually okay, going to win okay, this one okay. just because it's, it's like it's going to win. It's got to win some kind of broad you're a good See, game award. This is where and I, I was going to put Star Wars Jedi for that reason because okay. I'm mm, like, it's underserved okay. and it deserves a pity trophy sorry that game <laughs> which i like that's not what i mean by it at all yeah. I'm, I'm purely speaking game awards wise okay speaking of speaking of pity trophies 
Next up, we have Best RPG, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, Starfield. The first time, I think, ever in the award show's history that a new Bethesda single-player game has not been nominated for Game of the Year. Um, I gotta say, also, for Best RPG, again, that I don't think Starfield should be on here because I don't think it's a very good game, Um, (laughs) but also that I think that Phantom Liberty is a terrific role-playing game and should be on here. Well, Octopath Traveler, too, the the fact that that was Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's really, yeah, very weird. really pathetic. Uh, I think people just didn't play that game. Um, I'm going to go with Baldur's Gate 3. I think it's a shoe in for this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Me I think too. It's got it. But you know what? I'm going to change it up. I'm going to do Final Fantasy no? for this just so we have a different thing sure. here. It's so funny. Final Fantasy is an action game. That's what's really funny about this I know. Like Lies of P is not a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand it's these. It's souls-like. I know. Okay, it's well, great. here we go. Uh, best fighting. Uh, it's not. By the way, it doesn't say best fighting game. It I know, it just says best, best fighting. fighting. Uh, God of <laughs> Rock. Like that one. And best family. The next one is funny, too. The best family in a yeah, game. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. We'll get to that one. <laughs> Interesting. I guess Venba? <laughs> God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery, Street Fighter 6. Well, Maddie, you already know mine. I already spoiled you got, it. You're going yeah. to Street Fighter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I me too. I really think I've seen. Well, I just don't see anything else yeah. winning. Nothing else will win. This, right? Like, because no. Tekken no would way. be the one contender, but that's not out but yet. But it didn't come out this year. Yeah, like yeah. changing our prediction to be different would just be Lying? Getting one wrong. Okay, best family. <laughs> yes, you know, the best family. Uh, yeah, Disney I mean, Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, Super Mario Brothers, Wonder. Here is where I think Mario gets its one and only yep. category. Same. Okay. I agree. I'm going to do Pikmin. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Well, I actually think, well, oh, be- next up is yep. Best Sim Strategy, mm-hmm. Advanced Wars 1 and 2 boot- Reboot Camp, City Skyline 2, which, by the way, was like a totally busted game. I can't believe it was nominated for this. Company of Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, Pikmin 4. This is where I think Pikmin 4 takes it. Yep. Same. Yeah, Pikmin I can't disagree. I'm sorry. That okay. makes this category useless. Well, do you want to <laughs> uh, take no. back your best family or your sticking No, with because then okay. that category is useless. Okay, this one is really important to us. Best sports <laughs> racing. EA Sports <laughs> FC24, F123, Forza Motorsport, uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, <laughs> and The Crew Motorfest. I have not even seen an ounce of gameplay footage yeah. from any of these. So I'm going to go with name recognition and pick Forza Motorsport. Okay, oh, no, that's cool. what I picked as well. Okay. I'm going to do Hot Wheels Unleashed. Okay. Beautiful. Because <laughs> I think that would be cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Uh, next up, we have Best Multiplayer. Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Hmm. Diablo 4, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my pick too. God damn it, guys! That's what I was gonna pick. What, That's fine. This, well, just because I right, just because I talked fine. first doesn't mean you can't pick the yeah, same yeah, thing. Well, I mean, I, I already picked all of these. All I'm not doing something. this in real time. Like, I could show you my whole list. I think we'll all pick the same one for the next one too. You're Best right. adaptation: That's Castlevania, fine. Nocturne, Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, The Super Mario Brothers <laughs> well, movie, let's pick the Twisted Metal. I mean, it's obviously the Gran Turismo movie. <laughs> yeah, the Last of Us is clearly going to win this category. Yes, The Last of Us. This is a sure thing. I've never seen. Yeah, I, it's rare that there is one that's like 
this Castlevania Nocturne pretty good, but it's I mean and come also on. Twisted Metal. No one watched it. It's pretty fun. Just uh-huh, saying. Uh-huh. Anyway, no yeah, one cares. I've heard that. It's not gonna win. But <laughs> the most yeah. most anticipated game, the stupidest category Price. of all time. <laughs> Although at least this year it can't be Zelda because it came out. It's been Zelda the right, last finally three came years. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth, Hades Two, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaw Laws, Tekken Eight. And I just want to register my objection yet again that Hollow Knight Silk Song isn't on here because that is my actual most anticipated. So, game. well, the rule the rule for this is it has to be announced for the year in question. Hollow Knight Silk Song uh. technically doesn't have a year announcement. It could come out in December. Like we don't know. Okay, but I still I am going to say that that's stupid and that a game that isn't out yet that I'm anticipated should be on here. Okay, are, is your is your nomination here Silk Song? Is that what you're? you're no, <laughs> my nomination is Hades. Is Hades, Hades too? too okay. As much as I think that FF Seven Rebirth is like maybe gonna get it, I just am, that's, that's my vote. Like Hades I'm doing Final Fantasy. It. Yeah, my vote is also Final Fantasy. Final mm. Fantasy VII Rebirth for me and Maddie, Hades II for Kirk. Okay. Here is where we start getting into the really fun stuff. I was looking forward <laughs> to this. in the weeds. Oh All right, boy. you guys ready? Content creator sure. of the year. Iron Mouse. People make games. Quackity. Spreen. Cypher PK. Or is it pronounced Cypher PK? Cypher PK. So I'm going purely <laughs> off of uh, things that I've just seen written around, like on like a reset era forum title sure, or something yeah. and i'm gonna say people make games because i, well, you, you I just feel like i've seen people make games breaking some news they this have. year and yeah so i think i'm just gonna say people make games yeah i feel like people make games is like the critical darling of these so i'm gonna instead do iron mouse who i have no clue who that is but it's a name i hear a lot i'm gonna go with quackity because i think that's a really fun name quackity. <laughs> cool. i just like saying quackity um great <laughs> Okay, best esports game: Counter Strike Two, Dota Two, League of Legends, PUBG Mobile, Valorant. I'm going with Valorant for this one. Not a bad pick. It's tied for me between League and Counter Strike Two. I I feel like Counter Strike Two made a really big splash, has a really high player base on Steam charts right now. But League, I've heard, has had a lot of good updates this year. I think I'm gonna go CS Two though, because okay. like I feel like new people will come in and want to vote for that. Yeah, I put that down. I put down Counter-Strike 2 for this because okay. it's new. Here we go. Oh. All right. Best esports athlete. Um, I'm just going to read the nicknames, not all of the names. Yeah, go for uh, it. Faker, Zaiwu, Demon One, Hydra, Ruler, Imperial, Hal. I'm going with Faker. Oh, hey, so am I. Yeah, Faker's the only one of these I've heard of. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should oh, no, pick we a all different one. Faker. I'll pick Demon One. Give me Demon One. Demon One. one. Okay. <laughs> Um, I just saw I saw people talking about Faker on Twitter. I a hope none of these ago. people are canceled. Please don't judge us for who we chose. By the way, like listen. Yeah, I'll stay with Faker. Yeah, I, with Faker. I just saw people talking about Faker on Twitter a couple. Yeah, weeks he's ago. Yes, I I don't know any of these people. We're not, and also just to say this is not because like we dislike esports exactly. We are just not in that world and don't know a lot about it. Yeah, so if you hard. know a lot about it Can't and you're listening to this, world. that's fine. We're not in racing and sports games world either. I I do like esports. It's just that none of these are starting. Warcraft too, so I don't know anything yeah. about them. Yeah, um, so true. Best esports team: hmm. Evil Geniuses, Fnatic, Gaiman Gladiators, JD, or is it Gaiman? Gaiman Gladiators, <laughs> JD Gaming, Team Vitality. 
I'm saying evil geniuses because okay. I know their name. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I, I want to go Game and Gladiators because it's almost spelled like Neil Gaiman, but it's Gaiman. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it also kind of sounds like gaming. So it's like they thought like about it too hard. Like, is it someone's last name? <laughs> Are they the gaming gladiators? Okay. Okay. I don't understand okay. why they made those choices, but I think they have the chance to win. <laughs> I like Team Vitality. Uh, and okay. It's just a fun name. Um, here, <laughs> Best esports coach. We have... Potter, Zonic, Gunba, XTQZZZ, and Hum. Uh, X- hum. I think it's fun that XTQZZ, like, do people in esports, people call each other by their handles. So you have yeah. to be like, you know, XTQZZZ. Yeah, you usually have to say it fast. It's, like, maybe it's like Zotix. I oh, think you could find Zotix. a way to okay. pronounce that. Okay. It's hard. Um, all right, what are you guys going with here? So I think it's cool to see a woman nominated for this award okay. and have no idea of the quality of any of these coaches. I'm assuming they're all good at what they do. So I'm going to say Christine Potter Chi is going to get it. I like that thinking. I'm just going to vote for XTQZZZ because I think that's cool. And I like the idea of somebody coming up in esports, having that as their handle and forcing uh, We want to learn how it's adapt. pronounced. I guess we'll learn how it's pronounced. Yeah, well, what. we might. They don't always read these ones aloud. Yeah, like, they usually don't the read these. Mm, right. They're like, they just <laughs> happens like... Right, during a DoorDash commercial. Yeah, DoorDash presents. <laughs> this is like presents. scrolled through quickly. Like, we're going to have to do our homework to see who won this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm just going to pick a name. I'm going to throw a dart and say Gunba. That's my, that's a good my name. selection. All right. Last, but certainly not least, we have Best Esports Event. 2023 League of Legends World Championship, Blast.TV, Maris Major 2023, Paris Major 2023, Evo 2023, the International Dota 2 Championships 2023, Valorant Champions 2023. I'm going to go, since I already picked Valorant, I'm going to go with Valorant Champions 2023. Mm-hmm. I'll just say Evo. I don't know. Evo for Maddie. All right, I'll say Worlds, League of Legends, World Champions. League of Legends. I, oh, this is going to be fun. I have no idea. It's going to be fun if, uh, imagine for both of these categories, we all lose. Like, Yeah, what if just, we somehow all tie? What would we do then? Cry? We're going to roll, we're gonna roll dice. Yeah, we're you're just going right. to have we a whole, we'll do a whole dice. episode where we do nothing but roll mm-hmm, dice. Mm-hmm, that sounds mm-hmm. good. Um, okay, cool. So that's it. So those are our picks. And so we will, at the start of next week's episode, we'll go through them. Maybe we, we'll see if we have to, we have time to read all 31 of them, but we'll certainly announce who won the tiebreaker. And then when we do our predictions episode, we'll have that in the bag. Um, all right, before we go, the Game Awards is, of course, not only about awards. In fact, I would argue that maybe 20% of it is about <laughs> awards. And most of it is <laughs> about a new game announcements and trailers and stuff. Is there anything you guys are excited to see, hoping to see, looking forward to? Uh, you guys or heard anything? Any, any thoughts on the other part of this whole shebang, gaming's biggest night? You know, I would like to hear about that Elden Ring DLC. I've had that huge image as my PC background across two monitors oh, really? for a while now. With the horse. Yep, it looks and the tree. it looks so pretty. And it means mm-hmm. that every time I, I minimize my tabs, I'm like, oh yeah, Elden Ring DLC. So I might be thinking about it more than the average person. 
but it does mean that I'm like, all right, come on, Bandai Namco, come out, show me something, tell me a date, mm-hmm. give me, give me some more Elden Ring. I'm in they the mood for that. They did recently say something like it's still a ways away. They made some comment um, last week, so I suspect that it is not going to be there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said anything ahead. It'd be nice to have an update though yes. of any kind. But mm. that's all I'm really hoping well, for. Well, that's what I, that was essentially. It was like, hey, we're still working on Jason, this. Jason, stop hurting me like this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see something but we'll we'll find out i have a few things i want to see i want to see death stranding 2 or whatever that's actually going to be called do you think that it's going to be called life stranding Hmm. i don't know Hmm. wow no reaction (laughs) zero reaction because i feel like no because they have that ds2 text on like the first trailer so i just assume death stranding 2 but Mm. Maybe that was just for that initial kind of press run up where they're like, yeah, of course, you're going to call it Death Stranding 2. We're going to kind of acknowledge that by putting a two in the marketing materials. But you're arguing, nope, ignore that. New title, Life Maybe Stranding. Maybe Stranding is is the thing that ties it together. I mean, it's Kojima. All bets are Yeah, it's are Kojima. What, I can't, how am I supposed to predict anything? Yeah, you can, I don't know, but I want to see. I don't see what that game is going to look like. What else do you want to see, Kirk? Pretty cool. Um, I want to release date for Silk Song. It could happen. Mm. I could see it. it could I could you think that's a Game Awards thing? So part of me feels like for Silk Song, they're just going to drop it on Twitter and be like, "Hey, game's out." <laughs> Enjoy. I think so. I think Jeff knows what people want. Like he does understand what gamers want, and I think he knows that that would be a huge coup. <laughs> Jeff is clipping that out of the podcast and sharing it. And everywhere. I bet he has talked to to Team Cherry and has been. And like, please tell me, you know, if you if you know, like, I would love to feature it and put it in front of all these people. And uh-huh. if I were them, I mean, you know, I'd probably do that. So I could see it uh, just because he, he knows what we want. Mm-hmm. What about Hades, too? It feels like uh, that was announced at last year's Game Awards. So it feels like right. a good time to talk you know, more so about it. I think they'll probably announce the early access date for that because I bet that'll be in early access for a while. I think they already said March uh, for early access. Uh, oh, did they? So that's got a date. Hold on. Let me double oh, check well then, this. Well, then we probably already kind of know it's going to be early access and I bet it releases in the fall. Yeah. They, sorry. They said Q2 2024. So we got that, it. March would not surprise me. Actually, a March release date for Silk Song wouldn't surprise me either. But March March for early access Hades and then a fall release mm-hmm. kind of seems seems uh, right. That would sort of feel right. And I'm so jazzed for that. I watched the trailer for that. I think it came up on Steam for me in my Steam queue for whatever reason, um, which, by the way, do you guys ever just flip through your Steam queue? Do you Sometimes, ever just click on that yeah. queue and see what Steam thinks you would like? Yeah. It's sort of fun. There's a lot of games on Steam. <laughs> I know. And sometimes they are a game I would like. It's true, and I, it's a game I haven't heard of. Um, anyways, uh, there's one. There's a game called This Bed We Made or These Beds We Made. It's like you play as a like maid in a hotel, and you're trying to solve a murder. I'd never heard of it, and it came up in my Steam. Wow, that's like, cool. What's this? I'll check this out. Um, anyways, uh, Hades Two came up, and I watched that trailer, and I just got extremely jazzed uh-huh. when that like dun like riff comes in. I was like, yes, I can't wait for this game. So nice. yeah. I'm very jazzed for that. It's my most anticipated game for sure, other than Silk Song. Yeah, no wonder. What you you voted for it for most anticipated? Are you going to get yeah. on the Game Awards website and submit your vote? <laughs> Go vote! Ah, we would kind of be breaking the rules if we voted. Well, and Hades won Game of the Year, right? I, that's that's another reason I think it'll win that award is uh-huh. that it's a it's a goatee winner. It didn't win Game of the Year though. It did in our hearts, but The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, won The Last of Us won Game of the Year. Uh, I'm misremembering. But I get why you um, you've amended that memory in your heart, and you're like Hades won Game of the Year that year, right? 
right? You're just saying that. Yeah, I guess it was all of our favorite yeah. favorite games, but it was, it was up nominated. against Last of Us Part Two. Mm. Yeah. It was our mm. pick for Game of the Year. It was the official sure. triple click pick for Game of the Year that year. It was year. a very good game. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you I mean, think, Jason? I, well, I, I have to kind of um, parse out the rumblings that are floating around, um, none of which I will share because just because I haven't gone around confirming things and I don't want to share things that don't turn out to be true. But um, one thing I haven't heard anything about and so would like to see is Tears of the Kingdom DLC or some sort of whatever, I don't know, update to it. More Tears of the yeah. Kingdom. I want an excuse For to sure. go play more Tears of the Kingdom, another temple or something. I know that there was a story floating around a couple months ago. Asia Numa was like, we're done with this game. No more DLC. But I don't believe him. I feel like no, they, I don't they buy it. to do something. Or failing that, at least like a new, like a Wind Waker, Twilight Princess tease or something like that. Um, and here's a left field prediction. Again, this is not based on inside information. This is just kind of a out of nowhere prediction. Um, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, but the Xbox Series X was like first announced at the Game Awards or first shown off at the mm. Game Awards. Oh. What if Nintendo comes out and teases the Switch 2 wow. at the Game Awards? Yeah. That'd, That'd be, be cool. interesting, right? The yeah. only the thing working against that is that it might not be until next fall, in which case it would be a little too early to start talking about it. But still, I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, we are working on a Switch successor. Please be excited and right. like did some cool like Zelda hype trailer, or, like some next gen 3D Mario looking thing mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, in terms of things that I think are a lot more realistic, I think there's a very good shot. We see like Final Fantasy 16 DLC, um, which they've been they've been talking about is coming. Um, personally, not exactly super incredibly hyped for that, but I am <laughs> hi- very hyped for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and I think there's a very good chance we see a new trailer for that, because that sure. comes out in two months. I almost don't want to see any I more know. trailers for that. Yeah, I've hit that I Even though they're they're really fun whenever they come out. I, I feel like I've seen so much of the game now. I almost want to just be surprised by but it. But you really haven't if you think about how much is going to be packed in there and like how and much And also how shown. sneaky they're going to be with the trailers. Like they're going to exactly. make us think it's showing one thing, but then in context yeah, we'll be like, wait. Just how what? I feel. Like I no, feel I like under, I've seen I feel the I same way you. where I'm like, oh, but I I'm, I already know I'm so excited for it. Don't give me any more spooky Sephiroth faces. I already want to yep. see them live and in color <laughs> for my for my very own. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well. It's a job. I got to watch it. And then as far as, I mean, a lot of the rumblings that I've heard are um, indie studios that people have heard of that are coming out and announcing their next game. So nothing that like, again, nothing I've confirmed and can be like and and put it out in the world. But um, I suspect we'll see some like faces where it'll be like, oh, yeah, they made that game that was cool a few years ago. That sort of thing. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance, since we're going to see, we're going to have seen the GTA 6 trailer by the time people are listening to this, do you think there's any chance that Rockstar announces Red Dead Redemption 2 current gen, like a PS5, Mm. Xbox Series X? Certainly. Something people have been asking for. I don't know. And it just seems like the kind of little thing they would do after a big announcement on Tuesday. Right. And like something they might throw to Jeff and be like, look, we're never going to give you our big GTA 6 trailer. But hey, we'll give you this announcement for Red Dead 2 PS5. It keeps people talking about that. Do you think they would do it the same week? That seems like it might be counterproductive, but I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean, yeah, do you I think those either. are the same audience? I don't know. 
Well, I mean, GTA yeah. 6 is any, or Rockstar stuff right. is like any audience anywhere. They could do whatever they want. <laughs> They're at that <laughs> position. Fair. And they always have <laughs> done whatever they want. But they've also shown up at some events, PlayStation events. Occasionally they'll show up and do some like GTA 5 on PS5 or whatever. I guess I kind of like feel, I get the feeling sometimes that Rockstar is very dormant for periods and then they're very active uh-huh. for periods. And so that's kind of what's making me think, oh, maybe they'll, they'll be like, okay, we're out of, we're out from under our rock. We've rubbed our eyes in the light and here's gta 6 and also red dead redemption 2 thing and mm-hmm. you know whatever else like maybe Give maybe me. something else they did just maybe. do the red dead one like port on switch and stuff that just happened a couple of months ago that's true so, so that was the beginnings of them coming out from under their rock. yeah no maybe it could be could be i wouldn't be shocked uh, but i think i feel like if they're gonna do that it might be like a big playstation thing in the spring or something like that but i don't know yeah, I, you could totally be right that could be cool um, no all right. Problem. Well, we are all excited. Everyone put on your tuxedos. Uh, I will be wearing a suit tonight. I don't know if I'm going to be able to yeah. sit in that stadium for three hours and get like... Are you bringing like, your menorah, Jason? No, I'm not bringing your menorah. I'm, I'm okay. okay. Um, the key is you wear really comfortable pants because no one will be able to see them when you're sitting there. Right. And a t- tux jacket, right. sweatpants. That's the way <laughs> what do you, Kirk, what are you talking... This is like you're sitting in an auditorium where yeah, lots of people can see saying? what you're wearing. <laughs> well, I'm talking about on camera. Like the people who matter the people oh, watching I, this well, stream okay but you're surrounded by hundreds of people who can see what you're well, those people will just see that you value comfort and they'll think that you're a man of taste right and when the when the camera sort of scans over the audience we just see jason and we see his, yeah. his bow tie etc but my, my right. no we i will i bought a suit for a certain maddie myers's wedding and i will be wearing that to this show it looks so great nice. wow i think you bought true. a suit for that I did. I got I did. to see well, it before gaming's biggest night. I, got to I hadn't see worn it. a suit since pre-pandemic, and uh, uh, those COVID see. pounds. No uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're being real, Maddie's wedding was gaming's real biggest night. So. That That's was. So it true. was gaming's biggest That's night. So true. <laughs> the real one. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back with gaming's biggest one more thing. <laughs> Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in life, culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Thrupple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family. In our stupid universe... You can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. And we are back. Kirk, Maddie, and it's time for one more thing. Maddie, what's your one more thing? Uh, my one more thing has has been a one more thing in the past of, I believe you, Jason. It's yes. Chance of Sinar, the notoriously titled indie game <laughs> yes. about the Tower of Babel. I don't know if that's official, but that's more or less what the game is Inspired. about. Inspired by, yeah. 
loving it haven't haven't defeated it yet but have have gotten past the first level i suppose like i've, I've mm -hmm. completed translating the first floor and i've just moved on to the next one and i loved it it just I feel like I play a lot of games that don't require my full focus these days and not in a bad way. Like I, I love listening to a podcast while playing a game. Who doesn't? Or kind of just looking up, having a conversation with my wife, a cutscene's playing, I'm kind of watching it. Chance of Sonar is way on the other end of that spectrum. I am fully in, in a way that I find very pleasurable, like matching up what symbols mean different words in this language is so stimulating to my brain. I feel like I'm getting smarter. It make, made me feel the way Case of the Golden Idol and Oprah Din and some of those other kind of matching games make me feel, but also Baba Is You, another classic Jason favorite. There's just something about a language game that just fully unravels my brain. And I'm like, I gotta untwist this. And the music is perfect for accompanying the untwistiness of Chance of Sonar. So if you want to just be totally sucked into something intellectually, Chance of Sonar, really, really good for that. Really enjoyed it. Time flew by. Can I piggyback on your one more thing? Because this was almost my one more thing sure. this week as well. Because I've played like probably eight or nine hours of this. So I'm up to like the fourth uh, language that you have to learn. I believe there are five in total. And yeah, and anyone who doesn't remember, this is a game where the whole game you are walking around trying to learn these different languages to basically bridge a series of communication divides among different cultures on this tower where on each level they speak a different language. It's mm -hmm. very abstract. It looks a little bit like Journey. It's that like clean line art style. It's very cool looking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I started playing this on a plane, which was a great place to play it because there were no distractions and it does require focus. I really like it. I think it's so brilliantly designed. Uh, it's not just language, right? And I guess the moral of this game, to me at least, has been that language isn't just language. That language and the world and the culture of the world and the activities, they all are part of the same thing. And so language is so much richer than just what does this word mean, mm -hmm. which is what you're trying to figure out. But the way that you figure out is so... Uh, there's so many different ways that you do it. Uh, the second area, the warriors area, is really cool, you'll, as you'll see, Maddie. There's a lot of sort of contextual understanding where you have to figure out why would what word would be there based on the way this you know sculpture looks or based on the way this guy yelled this at this other guy like what do you think that means and then later like they're yelling it at me so I have to kind of know what they mean in order to follow their instructions. Mm -hmm. There's so much cool stuff like that. And um, then it's really nice the way that it ties it all together as you're kind of increasingly bridging these communication gaps. It's just a really lovely game about how language divides us and how conquering language can, uni can unite us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it does have a similar feeling, I think, to, uh, to Obra Din in that you're holding this kind of increasing matrix of information in your brain. But like Golden Idol, actually, in particular, it gives you a really nice set of tools yes. to organize them. And it does allow you to kind of not brute force, but do some guessing mm -hmm. and get some feedback based on your guesses. So it doesn't just totally, you, you definitely will feel overwhelmed with this game, anyone trying it out for the first 20 minutes. But then once it starts to get under your control, it's really, really engrossing. And I, I love it. I think it's so good. Yeah, it's really, really worth I'm glad you're both playing your time. it. Just in time for our top 10 list soon. Yeah, in, it'll in come up. That is why <laughs> it'll come up Kirk what's your that wasn't your one more thing what's your one more thing <laughs> no my one more thing is another game another indie game I've been playing called Jusson made by the French studio Don't Nod makers of Life is Strange and before that Remember Me 
which is maybe a little more relevant for this game since it also had climbing and platforming in it. Um, this is a game about climbing, and it's really great. Uh, I'm loving it. I, I believe it's on Game Pass as well. So anyone out there with Game Pass can just check this game out. Um, I've been playing it on Steam Deck mostly, though it looks really nice on a big screen. So sometimes I play it on my PC. Um, so this is a game where you play a young boy who uh, doesn't talk. There's no talking. It has a kind of eco journey feel just to the quiet atmosphere. And he starts out and he's in this desert that looks like a dried up ocean. There are ships, but it's totally a desert, but there are like hulks of ships on the ground. And he's walking in the sun. It's clearly very hot, like this world is dried up. And then ahead of him is this massive rock tower that just goes up into the clouds like it's like supernaturally impossibly tall and he begins climbing it and that's how the game begins there's no real explanation for what he's doing or why and then as you go you discover logs that are written out um i almost wish you didn't discover those but it's cool they're you know they they do flesh out the story and tell you a thing or two and then you start to figure out where he is you know who he who his people are why he's doing this what this tower used to be so it's got this nice story that it feels a little like Flower. It feels like a That Game Company echo in some ways, like Journey. And really, it's about the mechanics of climbing, and that's what makes it so special. It's a game where you're climbing like in Uncharted. It's very similar looking. If you just watch someone playing it, you go handhold to handhold, up a wall, then you climb over, then you have to kind of jump. You always have a, uh, a belay line hooked up, so you can always just start swinging. You can drive pitons into the rock at any point. So say you're climbing up and you reach the end of your handholds and you need to get over 50 feet to the right. You like drive in a piton, drop down, and then you can do the swing thing just like in Uncharted 4 where you build up momentum, swinging left to right, like running along the face of the rock wall. And then you can kind of jump and grab on, drive a new piton, etc. So it looks like Uncharted 4, but mechanically it's much more complex. It's actually closer to something like, uh, well, any VR sickos out there will remember The Climb, which was a Crytek game that was a climbing game in VR that was pretty pretty cool, where you have to actually climb. You have to control your two hands moving from handhold to handhold. And you do that with the triggers in this game. So it's much more mechanically involved. And you can just let go of the triggers and you'll fall. You have a stamina meter that slowly drops, but then you can kind of pause and dangle for a minute. Every time you reach land, it totally resets. And then there are in, there's an increasing number of mechanics as you play, like a magical pulse that causes new handholds to grow in the wall, or then like heat that's burning and keeps the handholds from growing. So you have to time things around them and it just grows more complex as it goes. Feels like a Nintendo game in that way where it's very organic, the way that it develops. But man, it's so cool. It really... Um, it's just so mechanically interesting. It, it reminds me of Death Stranding, actually, in that way. Uh, and I, I really like games like this, where just moving through the world is interesting and sort of mechanically involved. And the better you get at it, the more you just kind of feel kind of like you've crawled inside of it and you're moving through it, rather than a game like Uncharted, where you're really just moving the stick and up Nathan Drake goes, you know, which is just so much less interesting. I don't know that I would want Uncharted to do that, though I've always found the climbing in Uncharted, or Horizon Zero Dawn for that matter, any of those games to just be so restrictive and kind of boring. So I do really like this. I think there are some great ideas in this game. 
And uh, it's lovely. I just think it's a really nice, really relaxing, sort of uh, mechanically satisfying and interesting game that anyone, I mean, if you think any of that sounds good, I think you should check it out. Certainly if you have Game Pass, what have you got to lose? There's, you, you go play it. It's very good. I don't know if you remember this, Kirk, but in the book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, Uncharted 4's development is detailed. And as it turns out, they tried to do an elaborate climbing system for that game and spent like a dozen prototypes trying to make it work. But because of the nature of that game, it was very difficult to pull off as opposed to a game like this where the entire core conceit is that you're climbing. That it, it rang a bell, but I, I didn't remember that specifically. But yeah, it kind of makes sense when you think about what Uncharted 4 is, though I still don't know. Like playing this game, I'm not sure that I would, if, if it were an option at least in Uncharted 4 to turn on immersive climbing or something, I'm not sure it wouldn't make that game a little bit more engaging. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. It's it's a tough call. I'm not totally sure, but it, it certainly works for Jusant, and I I understand why a game designer would make that decision of being like, okay, it needs to be its own dedicated game for this game. We need it to like climbing just needs to be a moment when you're relaxing and just not like actively playing the game. All right, my one more thing is a book called Going Infinite by Michael Lewis. Uh, Michael Lewis is, of course, the famous best-selling journalist, author of Moneyball and The Blind Side and many, many other books uh, of varying success and quality, some of which have been turned into movies. And so this new book is about the boy king of FTX, as Michael Lewis, uh, uh, or the boy genius of FTX, as, as Michael Lewis calls him, uh, Sam Bankman-Free. Never heard of and him. It's- <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. This book was uh, was was kind of so. Michael Lewis, he he set out to write a book of, about crypto, and he found this guy, Bankman Fried, and wound up just kind of immersing with him, which is Michael Lewis's journalistic style, is basically to find a person who's going to be his main character or his main mm. characters. Wonder what it was about Bankman Fried that made Lewis go. I think I'm going to stick with this guy. He might be an interesting story. Well, he gets into this and <laughs> talks about how interesting he is, and then yeah. in true Michael Lewis style, he was in the right place at the right time because. He was uh-huh. he had already embedded with him for months when FTX exploded last year and it turned into something else entirely and really changed the the course of his story. But I think one of the problems with this book is that Michael Lewis, as a journalist, is kind of credulous to a fault about his characters. And so he looks at Sam Bankman Fried in this lens that you kind of are reading it, and it's almost like um if like you one of your close friends was dating somebody and telling you these stories that sounded really cutesy and fun and you were like holy crap this person is abusing you or like oh, this no. person is a psychopath <laughs> like yeah. he, he tells mm. Michael Lewis tells all these stories about how Sam Bankman Freed talks about how he has no emotions and can't feel things or like doesn't, oh, no. doesn't might not feel <laughs> empathy like, for isn't people. this whimsical and you're like is it? Oh. Yeah well it's kind of written in that way of like the true like Michael Lewis is a genius that, like these character yeah. studies that really explore fascinating people that ha- that are like really talented at something, but also super quirky. And like, I'll, I'll never forget some of his descriptions in the in the book, um, uh, 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 in uh, the Big Short, uh, where he talks about like uh, one of the main characters, that guy Steve, whatever uh, the guy was played by Steve Carell in the movie, um, mm-hmm. t- telling these amazing anecdotes about his childhood and the way he would like even challenge Torah study and like all sorts of crazy stuff. And those are very fun when they're talking about people who like did interesting things. Less so when they're talking about someone who turns out to be like this criminal mastermind. And then Mike Lewis since then has really been putting his foot in his mouth a lot, talking about how like there's a lynch mob after Sam Bankman Free 
Freed oh, and like how boy. Sam Bankman Freed actually had a successful business and really um, been kind of the subject. Uh, Lewis has really been the subject of a lot of criticism as a result of his uh, uh, depiction and his kind of like falling too hard for his subject in in many ways, which is a very mm. interesting. There there could almost be a meta story, meta book about the relationship between Michael Lewis and, and his characters, and especially Sam right. Bankman Freed. This and, is when another journalist reveals that he's been embedded with Michael, with Michael Lewis, Lewis <laughs> right. over the course it's of like, the writing of the SPF book. Yeah, oh it's the, the the Machioska dolls, where it's like one inside of yeah, the other. Yeah. Of the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 interesting to. Read, I will say it is not nearly as enjoyable as a book I talked about earlier by my colleague Zeke, Zeke Fox um, called... Uh, uh, the Line Goes Up, is that what that's called? Yeah, Number Go Up is the name Number of the book. Up. Number um, Go Up. And that book is much more of a skeptical, like a skeptic traveling the world and seeing what he can find on this crazy crypto experiment. And he also talks to Sam Bankman-Fried and right away he can tell that Sam Bankman-Fried is full of it. Um, so this guy's not on of, the level? Yeah, it's interesting. interesting. It's very two different approaches. And I think that like Michael Lewis's approach is just not equipped for discovering that the guy you've been embedded with is actually a major huckster and like a sociopath. And there's some stuff in the book that really makes you raise an eyebrow. He talks about how like like Sam Bankman-Fried had this viable business and how like nobody could have possibly known until it all came crashing down. And I think there's a lot of kind of bunk there because yeah. a lot of people knew or could have known. People, or at least and, some people possibly knew and pulled out. Well, and, I mean, uh, first of all, crypto, first and foremost, like a lot of people realized that that was all full of scamsters from the get-go, including mm-hmm. Zeke Fox. But second of all, there was like, uh, there was this interview months and months before the explosion where like um, my colleague at Bloomberg, Matt Levine, was interviewing Sam Bankman-Fried and was basically like, so you're saying you're in the Ponzi business. Like yeah. there's a lot of, there were a lot of breadcrumbs out there that I think a a more, a different minded kind of journalist would have discovered. And I don't think that's like for Michael Lewis, it was just kind of like what everybody thought was like the perfect story for him to be in because wow, you could get the real story about this crazy fraud. Turns out to be kind of the wrong guy to be telling this story. So yeah, it's an interesting read. As a journalist, I am enjoying reading this and just kind of like seeing how he approaches it and and seeing how he tells the story. But um, I think if you're kind of if you you look at Sam Bankman Fried and you're like, man, this guy really took advantage of people and defrauded a lot of people, uh, go with Zeke Fox's book Number Go Up instead for a more cathartic, satisfying look at like, oh, this is all a massive house of cards. Versus this guy, uh, Michael Lewis, giving a more credulous look. But still, an interesting book. This is like when there were those dueling Firefest documentaries on Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, one of them actually interviewed the Firefest guy. So yeah. kind of similar. That's what I'm saying. They kind of had different vibes. Yeah. One was a little more they the really perspective did. of the guys who put oh, on I the festival. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That was a weird mm-hmm. time. Good times. <laughs> so yeah, Going Infinite, Michael Lewis. Uh, it's an interesting book. I don't know if I would full, full-throatedly recommend it, but... I'm enjoying it, reading it regardless, because Michael Lewis, everything he writes is just going to be entertaining to read no matter what. Um, nice. All right. That's it for this week's episode. I hope everybody enjoys gaming's biggest night. I will be yeah. there. It'll be three hours long. I will want to kill myself after an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, You're going to make it. TBD. You're going to be fine. Um, maybe I'll sit by the aisle so I can just go back and watch the rest of my hotel after a bit, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that is it for this week's episode. Kirk, Manny, see you both next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. 
Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.